0: The future of Google search, one of the biggest questions in tech since ChatGPT exploded onto the scene. Does Google continue to dominate or will search be disrupted by a generative AI upstart? It's Friday, January 5th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Jared Trebosa.
1: And I'm Mark Gilbert. New today, Perplexity, an AI search engine looking to take on Google, raised $74 million, valued somewhere around half a billion, D, now led by some of the biggest names in tech, a star-studded round, I'd call it, D, of uh, of people pouring money into into this startup here.
0: Yeah, let's get into it. So perplexity, it is a series B round, $70 million, I think 74 to be exact million dollars, which is actually peanuts in the generative AI world. But what's interesting about this is that this is the startup focused on disrupting search. It has been years and years since people felt like pouring this much money or anywhere close to this much money on a company trying to get into search because it's been so difficult, right? Google has had 90% of the market share for decades companies that have tried to go against it just haven't been able to. So that's what perplexity is trying to do. Take on Google and search, but in a different era, the generative AI era. So it is a question and answer engine, kind of like Ask Jeeves, if you remember (laughs) way, way back.
1: The CEO even mentioned Ask Jeeves. I was thinking about Ask Jeeves. Yeah.
0: They were too early, right? (laughs) But I remember Ask Jeeves. Um, And so how that worked is how this works. You type in your search, like you're asking a question, not just a few words. You can type in a fully formed question. And instead of you, instead of, you know, spitting back a list of blue links, it spits out a single, supposedly cohesive answer. Let's get into the cap table. You mentioned that because you call it star-studded, who's who, (laughs) whatever it is. These are just sort of the buzziest people and companies in tech at the moment—you've got tech moguls, prominent VCs, and existing generative AI megacaps like Nvidia. So Jeff Bezos, Shopify CEO Tobias Lutke—they um, participated in this round, along with high-profile former and current Google executives like Susan Wojcicki. She, of course, led YouTube for years, um, as well as the founder of Gmail and some other really high profile people within the tech world and within Google specifically. And the Wall Street Journal reported as well that Google's current AI head, Jeff Dean, was a personal investor, which I think is really interesting because if this, this is a company taking on Google, nobody knows how to do that better than the people within Google. By the way, the CEO, he he worked at Google before starting this.
1: My for, my My first impression of the product is that Google... Uh, you know, casts a long shadow through this industry and has left many challengers in its wake over the years. I mean, smaller players like DuckDuckGo who have pitched, who pitched better privacy controls and still exists, but, you know, never became a major player. Uh, I remember we interviewed on TechCheck a former Google exec who launched Neva. That was uh, that was eventually shut down a couple years later. Or even think about Bing, right? Uh, you know, Bing owned by Microsoft, has the power of chat gpt and it still hasn't been able to make a dent in that 90% market share I'm, that google has
0: and you've got to think like if microsoft's bing hasn't been able to make a dent really in the last year who's going to but this every time you got a paradigm shift right like the creation of the internet or the shift to mobile phones you get a new crop of companies that come with the benefit of being created in that time, right? They're mobile native or internet native. And that's what perplexity sort of has going for it. It's created in the generative AI era. So it's coming from a different point, whereas Google, it's trying to satisfy its legacy business of search while making that transition. And it comes across as cluttered, a little messy, um, not, not as straightforward as say, a perplexity, which has one simple product, one
1: simple task. I was trying to think about anything that has a 90% market share, any other business in Silicon Valley, right, that has that type of dominance. I mean, AWS for a while was like that. You can't argue that anymore, right? I mean, Microsoft Azure and, and Google Cloud are definitely sort of neck and neck um and
0: growing faster now too. So yeah, exactly.
1: You know, I mean, I mean well, Apple AWS iPhones system, sort yeah. of dominate the category, but Android is is you know, it's 50 50 Android in the US and, and globally Android is much bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't think of anything that has, you know, Amazon and e-commerce isn't, you know, there's tons of e com retailers out there. It's nowhere near 90%. Well,
0: and like you said, like AWS may have had this huge market share dominance for a while, but I can't think of anything either that's had this kind of dominance for decades, <laughs> like Google search. And that's why it's called the, often called the greatest business of all time. It's low margin. Um, it's, it, you know, it's just, it's the perfect business. And there's real anxiety on Wall Street about that being disrupted, finally. And I think this time that anxiety um, is so clear because generative AI is is just turning everything on its head. So that, yeah. that's sort of where we're coming from.
1: And you talked to the CEO of Perplexity, this new company. Um, talk a little about, about that interview.
0: Yeah. So first, I want to talk about him himself, Arvind Srinivas. He was really, really interesting. Um, he grew up in Chennai, India, and he only came here about six years ago. He did his PhD at Stanford in artificial intelligence and then he went to work at Google and OpenAI. He he was telling me that he always wanted to build his own company, but he didn't know exactly what. And he was even surprised that he ended up building a company around search being at Google for so long, but he really does see there being an opening. Um, So someone who has that kind of research experience, right? He was operating in the world of artificial intelligence when there was no commercialization, it was just research. And now he's using all of his knowledge to create something that you can monetize. That seems to be kind of like the perfect storm for creators in this area. Um, So I asked him though, And I pushed him, like why search? Because Google's working on this as well, right? An answer instead of links. It maybe doesn't know how it's going to balance that, but it's working on it. And you can already see it when you look on Google.com. It has that generative AI experiment. But he said that this time is gonna be different. Let's let's have a listen from him himself. Search has been about 10 blue links for the last like twenty years. And 10 blue links was always a hack. At the end of the day, people just wanted an answer. The concept of answer engine existed even in the late 90s when the internet was exploding. Ask Jeeves was an answer engine. In fact, like uh, many, many Googlers used to like, come from Ask Jeeves and join Google at that time. Uh, because the 10 blue links was a concept that actually worked with the technology that existed at that time. Uh, and um, so what perplexity does is a paradigm shift in search. It's moving search from links to answers. And he doesn't even call it search. He calls it like an answer engine or a few different ways. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he says the whole thing is changing and that Google's still going to have its use case because it's so important in building these large language models, right? First party data is the gold and nobody has more of that than Google. So it still powers these underlying large language models, but he thinks that there's room to search in a different way. Just get answers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you you brought up that Google is already doing this with, um, you know, with its with Bard and with generative AI. But Google was also doing this for years earlier. Like, if you searched, um, you know, if you searched uh, showtimes near you, it wouldn't make you click on the Fandango link. It would, uh, you know, it, it would summarize the data. It would search. It would scrape the web and it would show you showtimes. Or if you search for like a recipe, uh, oftentimes it won't make you click within any of the links. It'll just take that. Uh, Right. You know, it'll take that information and just present it a little summary at the top, which, by the way, has been a huge contentious issue. Right. For developers. Uh, You know, I I think this is something that Yelp has talked about. Right. Which is that it really, uh, you know, it takes away from the power of these websites. If Google is just taking all that information and making you not have to click, then how do those websites get paid? Because you never click and you never see any advertising on their their pages.
0: Which is going to and is already a huge issue for the generative AI large language models, right? The idea of copyright and where it's scraping from the web okay. and attribution. I, I asked Srinivas about that as well. And I said, what about this issue? And he says that the way perplexity operates is it gives you sourcing in almost every sentence, every step of the way. So they're hoping that that will satisfy some of those copyright issues. But at the end of the day, you know, I asked him, like, What's keeping Google from doing this faster than you are? And he said that they're just they maybe they're not moving as fast, and it's still too cluttered. You get the show times, you get the generative AI answered, but you still have the links, you still the have ads. the advertisement. Exactly. I mean,
1: how cluttered the Google the Google search results are by ads and sponsored content. Um, I mean, it's really crowded. If you look right now at a, if you make a very basic Google search, I mean, it's covered mm-hmm. in ads.
0: I mean, it reminds me of Amazon as well has become that way. It's hard to figure out what products being advertised you want. Um, It's like a skill to look through it and not everyone wants to do that. So perplexity on the other end is focusing on a core user experience. That's clean, minimal, simple. You and I have tested it out a little bit. And what struck me is this is, this was sort of Google's advantage in the early stages of the internet. Remember it didn't win right away. There was Yahoo, Ask yeah. Jeeves, which you mentioned. Totally. Um, what else? Alta Vista. Was, yeah. That was another one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they came in and they just—it was the one search bar. Remember that? Yeah. Um, and that's what Perplexity is doing.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny to think about how Google how Google got here because I remember a lot of those other search engines. You had to sort of fill in. It was Boolean search. You had to fill in like all these different, um, you know, fields. And Google, what the Google's thing at the beginning was that single search bar.
0: Mm-hmm. But. Um, not to underestimate it, because it did make that transition to the mobile era. It struck that, you know, unbelievable deal with Apple to be the default on iPhones, sweetheart deals like that all around, which which enabled it to keep its dominance.
1: I think really fascinating to see. I think uh, I, I think the number of companies that have come out and tried to present themselves as possible, you know, Google killers or Google disruptors, and it always seems like there's a chance and, and none of them work. I mean, as you said, though, this is a sort of a step change in technology. So I think it'll be really fascinating to see. I mean, I think the other thing is, uh, you know, we talked about the 90 percent market share, but how much search is happening now within TikTok, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, or within Amazon, right, where it's it's not exactly the same. It's not replacing Google, but maybe just consumer behavior is moving to, you know, if you want to search for a recipe, it's not it's maybe it's not that you go to TikTok, but you go to TikTok to sort of learn about food and new recipes and you get served them and then you make them and you never end up going to Google in the first place.
0: It's such a good point. Um, what's that, that quote? The rumors of Google's death have been highly exaggerated. We have been right. talking about this in some shape or form for years. Um, and I think perplexity is just another example of of what could be, even though we're very far away from it, what could be in the age of generative AI. So. I also asked, um, Serena Vass how long it would take for habits to change, right? We are, it's just such a habit to open a web browser and go to google.com just or just type it in the web browser, right? Yeah. Because much of that is exactly. powered by Google anyways. Um, and he said that it's not going to happen overnight. We're going to go from a traditional search to a chat bot like a chat GPT, like a perplexity, like a bard. He says he thinks, he's predicting that it's going to take as long as it took people to move from physical newspapers to online media, you can debate that, but I think safe to say more than a decade.
1: Right. And I think, you know, there's one more angle that I thought we could talk about here. And that's, you know, totally separately from Google. But where does it seem like money is going in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley in 2024? And obviously it's still going into big rounds for AI companies and their fundraising from who? From, you know, Jeff Bezos, from VC firms and from NVIDIA. Uh, and and so that that feels like it's a theme. And then also something that you've talked about is uh, this this sort of growing theme of AI adopters versus AI enablers. So, of 2023, we saw a lot of the funding of these uh, large language models. We saw you know the, some of the big investment. Now is 2024 the year of you know applications of not mm-hmm. just the tech behind AI, but actually some interesting products that you know you and I might like to use.
0: Serena Vass quoted a Sequoia, right? Sequoia, the prestigious VC firm located here in Silicon Valley in San Francisco. And he quoted this blog post that essentially said, you have to be, if you're company building in the generative AI era, you have to be close to the GPUs or you have to be close to the consumers. You have to choose one or the other. Yeah, And it's interesting he said that because they're kind of both. They're He would say that they're close to the consumer. They're trying to create a great UI, a great experience, easy for people to ask questions, do it, but they're also developing their own large language model. And yeah. I asked him like $70 million is not enough to do that. When you think about Anthropic raising $4 billion on one round or open AI, $13 billion for Microsoft, right? Like $70 million is pennies to do that. But something interesting he said as well is that using open models, open large language models, like Meta's Lama, Is making it more cost efficient for them to do so and develop their own model. So he got a little technical there, um, but it's also just another indicator that the space is moving so quickly. Mark, it is just the first week in January, and we didn't even get a full week.
1: (laughs) Exactly, I think four day, four day week.
0: I've only been back for two days, and my head is spinning. Um, (laughs) I, I feel like I learned so much from from Serena Vass this morning in like a 30 minute conversation. Um, and it gave me so much to think about going into this year that I think our listeners and our audience on CNBC are going to, going to be watching and tracking and have to have to look at if you're looking to make money last year, right. Was the year of the mega caps and the, the enablers, as you called them, right. All the companies figuring out compute power and cloud, etc. Um, I'm very excited if this is the year that we're going to see consumer applications. How can we actually use it? Because I, I kept thinking to myself as well, can't just be a chatbot, right? If generative AI is going to transform the world as we know it, it's got to be more to it. And I
1: think we'll see that this year. Some interesting applications. All right. That's it for us. Have a good weekend. See you back here on Monday. Life is a highway and on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal
0: if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.